It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Wizard Podcast. Ben Standing here, coming to you guys live on Tuesday, day after the Wizards wrap up that four-game homestand with a rousing win over the Sacramento Kings. They take the last three after that blech loss to Dallas. And, uh, you know, good job out of them. Good job, good effort. Uh, held opponents to under 100 points in three straight games. John Wall found his shot against the Kings. Largely a pretty good effort uh, for the Wizards. But as uh, Markeith Morris said after the Atlanta win, we'll see once they start going up against some better teams. Is that is, Are the Miami Heat one of those better teams? Well, we'll find out. The Heat have been a little bit uh, up and down so far this year, but they owned the Wizards last year. And now these two teams face off in a home-and-home series that starts Wednesday in Miami, so we're going to talk about the Heat, plus I've got some thoughts here from Kelly Oubre, uh, caught up with him uh, this week, so I'll play that for you as well here on the Lockdown Wizards podcast. You, Of course, you know the deal, you can find us on iTunes, find me on Twitter at Ben Standig, email me bstandig1 at gmail.com. Alright, so here's the quick lay of the land with regards to... The, uh, you know, we, we, we rarely talk about the Southeast division, but it, it is a thing. Uh, the Wizards are atop at eight and five. The Orlando Magic, who were cruising right out of the gate early, they've dropped their last two. They're eight and six. Then you get to the Miami Heat at six and seven. If you're interested, you got Charlotte at five and seven and then Atlanta two and twelve. Uh, look, let's not be fooled by, by Miami's record. In the sense that they destroyed the Wizards last year, they they swept the four game series, and they did it in you know in pretty convincing fashion. 
I mean, you look at the, the straight box scores. I mean, none of the games were terrible. Blowouts, one win was by 11. But you beat a team 4-0, especially, again, Miami was a mess during early part of the season. They got hot over the second half, but some, but, but two of those wins were when they were uh, not a particularly good team back before the calendar flipped to 2017. From an individual player standpoint, this one's pretty simple. Goran Dragic just got the best of John Wall last year. Dragic has never averaged more than 20 points in his career for any season. In four games against the Wizards last year, he averaged 25.5 points a game, along with 5.8 assists, shot 40% from three. Uh, he, he played great, but maybe the guy who's a real difference maker for them against the Wizards is Hassan Whiteside. He averaged uh, 22.3 points, 16 rebounds to go with two and a half blocks, uh, shot 60% from the field. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I just finished watching an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm earlier, so of course that has me thinking, yeah, that's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Now, those two guys are back, and uh, look, I mean, you know, they put up some good numbers. Dragic, 19.8, 4.8, Whiteside, uh, 15.9, and 13 rebounds. Sometimes there's bad matchups or bad matchups. Whereas I think Gortat, Marching Gortat always does a pretty solid job against a guy like Andre Drummond, another sort of physically imposing center. Whiteside has just seemingly gotten the better of him uh, over the last few years. And, um, you know, Dragic, you know, he, he's, 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 he got, you know, he certainly did, did his work against John Wall last year. And, you know, from at a basic point of basketball, if you've got the guy on offense who's running the show, i.e. Dragic, getting, just dominating, and then you have the guy on the other end controlling the lane, that is a pretty tough combination to overcome regardless of who else you have on your team. So the Wizards, you know, it, it, it really does start with John Wall and Bradley Beal, but John Wall seemingly particular because he's often guarding the, the player with the ball the most. He's got to be on his game defensively. Uh, was he better these last few games? Sure. I mean, against Atlanta, you know, he, he helped key on Dennis Schroeder finish, uh, what, 2 of 16 from uh, <clears throat> from the field. Uh, Sacramento, his offense came to light, as, as we discussed on the podcast after that game, myself and Todd Divis, about how, for whatever the reason, uh, he is a uh, he is a monster uh, against the Kings from distance against everybody else. He has he as he said he's a clank. We'll see. Oh, actually, let me pull up the, the Wizards stats here in those games against Miami. Now the Wizards didn't have John Wall and Bradley Beal for all four games. They each only played three, and Wall. I mean, you know. By the numbers, certainly did well. Twenty six point seven points and eight and eight assists. Um, but like I said, Dragic's numbers were particularly up. Bradley Beal twenty six point three points, four rebounds, three point three assists. Actually, you know what? Now that I'm looking at it here, John Wall actually made half of his three pointers last year against Miami. Maybe this will be an opportunity for him to be good. On the flip side, Beal uh, just twenty nine point two percent from. Distance, Marching Gortat, 11 points, 10.8 rebounds. And, you know, whenever I say 
Dragic got the best of Wall. Gortat couldn't hold hold up against Whiteside. Obviously, these this is a team sport. It isn't just on one any one player. But you know, the head to head battle it often you know does come down to just that. As for this year with the Miami Heat, the Heat are 25th in the NBA in scoring, averaging 101.9 points per game. They are also allowing uh, 103.1. That's ninth best in the league. It's going to be a stingy game in that respect for the Wizards. That's assuming that the Wizards, you know, stay buckled down on defense the way they have been these last few games. And, uh, you know, Miami's got an interesting roster. I think Eric Spolster is a very, I don't know if he's underrated at this point, but you go back to when people wanted him out when he was the head coach, when Miami had the Heatles with LeBron and Wade and so on. Um, Spolstra has been very impressive. What he could do, with, what he did with this team last year to get them nearly back into the playoffs um, after you know, a, a, a rough start to the season, which he is also on his record, w- w- was impressive. I've just always really liked w- what he does out there, his his approach, his concepts. And, and, you know, there's something about that Miami system with him and Pat Riley where they get players to play at their best. James Johnson, Deion Waiters, two examples. They're two of their uh, leading scorers on the season. And um, this will be, again, you know, Miami may be at 6-7. and seven. You're not looking, hey, this isn't Cleveland. This isn't the, the Warriors. Well, I guess Cleveland's not Cleveland at the moment, but you know what I mean. Uh, but but this will be a, a, a good test, to say the least, considering that they've swept them last year and have won five in a row in the series. I just, every time I look at Miami's roster, it's just hard to get terribly impressed. I love Dragic, you know, respect with what, with what Whiteside has done, but you know, Oh, you know, how could I forget here? By the way, we've got the first meeting between the Kellys, Kelly Olynyk and Kelly Oubre back in the saddle again, after they had their, uh, tussle during the uh, playoffs last year. And, um, and then of course, Uber or Olenek clobbered the Wizards at the end with a monster game seven performance to help close them out in that final game of that series. Uh, he signed with the Heat this offseason. He is averaging 19.8 minutes, 9.8 points, uh, 5.8 rebounds, you know, uh, 47, oh, 47.2%. From three, that is, uh, that is a number right there. I mean, between Whiteside and Olenek, boy, the Wizards are really, the Wizards are really going up at one guy who's dominated in the regular season and another guy who is, who, who obviously is going to go down in history as a, I won't say Wizards killer, but as a, you know, a, a villain for sure because of that game seven performance. You're going to have either of them on the court. When, when Olenek is on the court, it'll be interesting to see where the Wizards go. Is that, you know, if he's shooting threes, it's hard to go with Gortat or Mahimi. This is a problem we've talked about plenty of times. Uh, Mike Scott has played better for the Wizards. You go with a Mike Scott or, or Markeith in the middle. That may be something to consider. Uh, you know, from the Wizards' perspective, it really is just a matter of focus and, and, and energy. Uh, you know, th- they've been better these last three games. You heard Mark and Gortat on this podcast yesterday say that he was embarrassed. Uh, they were embarrassed by how they performed recently. They need to step it up. 
uh, especially at home. Well, now they're right on the road, but the, but the sentiment remains the same. Um, all right, let's get to Kelly Oubre, and I'm mad now that I didn't think to ask Kelly Oubre about Kelly Olenek, but to be fair to myself, I guess, we were talking to Oubre before the Wizards game against the Kings, so, you know, I did ask him a little bit about Miami in the sense of the home and home and what's that like, um, and he, t- he shared some thoughts on that. His, uh, three point shot is, was cooking early in the season, dropped off a little bit of late, but nonetheless, he's looked better over the course of the season and a little bit more. But first, here is a quick word from our sponsor. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, uh, Wizard Ford Kelly Oubre had a, a, some nice moves against Sacramento. By the way, he had, he had that crazy, or not crazy, but really impressive Dribble drive, faked at the defender at the top of the key, drove all the way for the dunk to the point that the jump put him on their um, show today talking about is he a underrated player. I think Jackie McMullen kind of bagged on him a bit. She cited all his stats from last year, which are, you know, some of them are not impressive. But Rachel Nichols stood up for him a little bit and with good reason, too. Uh, we're going to, uh, I'm going to stand down here for a second so we can hear from Kelly Oubre. Here is his thoughts. Uh, a little bit about Miami Heat, a little bit about his own game, and more uh, right now. We talked a lot coming into the year about how you worked on your three-point shot, you worked on it with Drew, changed the, 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 your form and things like that. How do you think uh, 12 games in, um, it feels to you out there? feels pretty good. Um, you know, I'm over my last seven, um, but, you know, I, I don't really look at the stats. I just look at the, you know, my mechanics and my form and just, uh, you know, doing the right things to make sure my jumper goes in. But, um, you know, I'm in a little slump, but, you know, it, it, that's going to happen. You know, it's ebbs and flows throughout the whole season. So, you know, I'm still confident in my jumper. You know, I still believe that, you know, I can, you know, make it at a high clip. So I'm going to continue to shoot and, you know, have confidence in my shot. What's the maintenance program for you? Is it go back and look at the film after every game? You have one of the coaches um, look at your form compared to last year. How, how do you kind of keep that, keep it going? I just get in the gym, man. Shoot as many jump shots until I feel good and confident. Um, you know, that's the only thing I know how to do to get my shot back right and, you know, my confidence back up. So, you know, that's, that's just the only thing I do. Uh, you guys will see De'Aaron Fox tonight. Already seen him, of course. You guys have seen a lot of the top rookies in this draft. Has anyone stood out in particular, or what has stood out about this class? I don't know. <laughs> I'm here to play basketball. We all in the NBA now, so it's a level playing field. Um, you know, if they haven't had that welcome to the NBA moment, then they'll become the sons. <laughs> That's all I know. So, I mean, De'Aaron Fox is special to me, though, because, you know, we play on the same AU team, um, Justin Jackson as well. So it's kind of like a Houston Hoops homecoming for me. Uh, we played against each other last time. We were in Sacramento, but I didn't really get to play against Justin. But uh, De'Aaron, I did. So, I mean, I'm excited to play against these guys tonight. You've got this home and home coming up with uh, Miami. Uh, obviously, it's not the postseason, but because of it, you're going to see that team twice in a row and you get a little, uh, you get, get a sense of them, some intensity, whatever. Is that kind of give you a little taste of that? And what's that, what's that like? How is that different in the regular season compared to the standard one game? 
It's weird because I think every year we have a home and home with Miami, huh? Um, so I mean, it's something cool. Um, you know, we always usually, uh, you know, farewell against Miami. They play very hard. You know, Mike Spolstra is a great coach. You know, he, he does a great job of getting his team ready to play uh, each and every game, each and every night out, no matter who's playing and who's not. So we just have to bring our A game. Uh, you know, come with a lot of intensity and not think that they're just going to give us the win because they never do. You know, they always pretty much upset us if we if we ever think that. So we just got to bring our A game. Um, real quick, speaking of rookies, I saw your Instagram post. You think you set a trend that uh, John Collins is following? Oh, man, yeah. He, he <laughs> took my swag, man. You know, I was real upset, but, you know, shout out to him. He's a great player, great guy. Um, you know, I was just really upset that his shorts are shorter than mine. So, yeah. <laughs> are you going to try to out-short short him? Or? No, I'm going to just stay who I am, you know, because these the new Nike shorts, man, they're just weird, dog. Like last year, I could wear them really however I wanted to. Now I just don't know. Uh, so I'm trying to find my swag with these new Nike shorts. So, um, yeah, I think I might have to go to a 36. I'm at a 38 right now, you feel me? So, yeah. <laughs> the high socks add a different element, huh? Yeah, you know, he he, was, he, was, he had the old school way of going, man. But, yeah, I mean, shout out to him. There's no disrespect. <laughs> cool, man. Right on, man. All right, guys. Thanks. All right, there's Kelly Oubre. Everything you wanted to know about his uh, working on his three-point shot and how he feels about those. Short shorts from uh, John Collins. Uh, God bless the kid for trying to bring back a look that went away long ago. Don't know if it's a wise move to uh, to bring it back, but he is the fashion forward. So I will let his opinion take hold here. Why not? I don't have one. Um, all right, let's end it there. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening. Back with another podcast after the Wizards Heat get, get at it on Wednesday. You got any thoughts? Hit me up on Twitter at Ben Standig. And of course, please subscribe on iTunes. If you can't find the podcast, somebody told me, uh, this week that they were struggling to find it since we moved from Audio Boom to Panoply. Hit me up. But of course, if you, you know, uh, if you go to the Locked On Wizards, uh, if you go to the Locked On Wizards Twitter account, you should find it there. But just tweet me. I'll send you the link. Don't worry about it. Cool. All right. We'll end it there. Thanks. Be good, everyone. Have a good night. See ya. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.